0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to Turn Zero Gaming. We are back after a super ridiculously long episode last week or two weeks where we were talking about the tiers of character. So if you didn't listen to that, we definitely recommend uh, going back and listening to episode six, episode seven, just because we kind of are going to be using that as a foundational baseline moving forward. So uh, this week we're going to be talking about uh, Star-Lord, Groot, and Rocket. We're not going to put them in a tier list, but knowing where we started with the previous episodes and then moving forward once we get these characters to the table, once we get uh, the new characters, um, which are, Todd knows what they are, but it's like what? Uh, Drax, Nebula, no it's Drax, Gamora, Corvus Glaive, and uh, Proxima Midnight. So like... We're constantly going to be building on that evergreen tier list and we want to make sure everyone's kind of on the same uh, page so that way we all understand, you know, when we say, hey, this character is good because of these other things, you know, everyone is kind of. Uh, in this on the same pace as we are so if you haven't listened to that episode it's a lot of fun it's uh two episodes we recorded for like four hours and we split into two different episodes but we go through every single character we talk about uh why we rank them the way we rank them what uh teams they work into uh the tactics cards that they work best with some of the crisis protocols that they do and don't want to be on we just went through a really deep dive of this game and we're really excited to start talking about these new uh gardens of the galaxy characters so let's welcome on to the show todd mike and uh not sick chris how yeah, are y'all finally.
1: doing <laughs> uh better than i was the last month yeah um, he, he's kicked
2: the modello virus <laughs>
1: <laughs> i don't know what todd gave me but it was not good
2: yep <laughs> not corona nope so no i'm good uh actually had a tournament this weekend super fun had a blast um and i'm sober so yay
3: yay i'm, I'm doing good had a tournament this uh, this weekend too different tournament didn't get to play c- protocol but um won't go into that <coughs> i came in first um but yeah <laughs> what game was that for mike Legion Star Wars Legion it came in first uh, in a prime so you'll be seeing me at worlds anybody going to Worlds, you'll be seeing me there next year
2: uh, I'm not familiar with that game
3: uh, I'm sorry you'll be alright
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: I'm good
1: I'm, I'm still trying to play catch-up uh, I was so sick I didn't get to come pick up my models for the Asgardians or Winter Soldier in a vision um, so I'm still building models. Some pieces have capes, some don't. I haven't even touched Helen Loki yet, much
0: less painted them. But uh, finally getting to see them in action, which is cool. What do you think about the uh, the tier list? Since, uh, unfortunately, you were not feeling well when we recorded it. But I still want to hear uh, your thought process. You know, were there some that you thought we were kind of way off base or some that you, you know, really disagree with? Or, you know, just your, your opinion on the that super long episode, you know, overall Captain I think he,
3: Marvel is tier two. So is venom. So is venom.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, which I did saw,
3: say
0: I saw that coming.
1: <laughs> uh, I think, I think it went pretty well. I, uh, I think you guys should have nutted up and not done half tiers. I think that's a cop out. I think you should, uh, have some conviction. I, I said things through, in a, at, you
2: know, I I zero, one, two, beginning. three, four. And um, it, um And the part that I remember, I remember saying we shouldn't do Half Tears, but that's okay.
1: I mean, I I guess that's kind of how it worked out. But uh, I think where the characters were placed is pretty good. And based on what we've seen, and I'm sure Todd's going to have some input on it based on what he saw up in uh, Ashburn, um, it seemed good to me. It seemed about right. That
3: whole comment is based on Chris's saltiness for not being in the episode. No, I was not invited to the episode. Um, You were on your deathbed. (laughs) Yeah, you were pretty
1: dead, man. It was pretty bad, but. <laughs> Don't that. Um, I know. I gotta stop coming to the shop when I'm uh, immunocompromised from antibiotics, I guess. <laughs> Just stop kissing Todd. I mean, at <sighs> least well, you should stop looking at me like that then.
2: You know? <laughs> That's but what yeah, I'm i
1: uh, The tier list seemed good. I, I agreed with pretty much everything. Um, Thor being at the top seems to be the way things are going right now, and Todd's probably gonna expand on that a little bit. But uh, yeah, I was happy with it. I, I think you guys represented
0: well. So that is a good segue because I know Todd was saying that uh, he placed fifth at a, was it a major event like how many people showed up. tell us tell us about the event what you saw and uh, how the tier list that we recorded previously um, was represented at the tables because I want to hear about what you saw.
2: So like I could only speak for how it was represented at the table based on how my games went because like I was super hyper focused on my interactions with my opponent. Um And for me, like I actually wrote an article last week using the tier list as a basis to build my list off of. And when I started the article, the entire idea for me was to debunk our entire tier list. Like I I wanted to see that I could prove it wrong or that it was off in some way. And and by the end of it, when I got done with my team building, I actually came to the realization that the tier list was pretty close to accurate based on where my play style was going to be. And most of the flex spots I had in my lists, or at least in my 10 model roster, were given to uh, the characters that we had put in tier two, which is exactly where we wanted them to be. Like, that's why they were in that in that section, because those are your flex spots for the characters that you feel like fit your strategy in certain situations. So Spider-Man. uh, no, Spider-Man was Tier 3. Doc Ock? <laughs> uh, Doc Ock did not make it.
3: Oh, crossbones.
2: Mm, he was Tier 4. Man, you're killing me, Smalls. So. Well,
3: I mean, Spider-Man can't be higher. I mean, I don't care what anyone says about Spider-Man yet. being as tanky as Captain America. Uh, three dice is only three dice, and uh, you can re-roll all you want, but when you're rolling skulls, you can't re-roll but so much, so... Did you take Venom?
2: I did not take Venom. Oh. So so the tier two characters that I actually took were Hulk, because he fit a play strategy that I had, uh, and Okoye. And the rest of my top ten were rounded out by our tier one and up. Um, The only tier ones that I did not take were actually other leaders that I didn't plan on playing.
3: So like Red Skull. You you played Wakanda, you played Black Panther and Cap, right? Uh
2: Black Panther and Cap were in my 10, yeah. What was your what was your 10 character roster? Alright, so uh, actually I it's funny you should ask, Soggy, I have my roster right here in my hand. Um so my my ten character roster was Black Panther, Captain America, Hulk, Killmonger, Okoye, Shuri, Thor. Valkyrie vision and winter soldier.
3: Woo! nice. That's a spicy list. The only
2: difference I would do
3: me personally, after talking to you about your Hulk list and that, I would take out Valkyrie for venom because I'm, I have a hard arm for venom, but that's a nice (laughs) list. That's a nice list.
2: I have respect. (laughs) So out of that list, actually Valkyrie was the last spot. And I actually wrote about that in the article as well. Uh, Valkyrie originally had Zemo in that spot. Um, and based on where i wanted to play and how i wanted to play my games zemo should have been in that spot um and and it the only game i lost was due to personally i feel it was due to not having zemo in that spot because the game i took valkyrie i lost uh, um uh. and and i and that game came down to numbers like it was it was super tight the final score was 16 14 I actually had the victory points on my character, um, and and I lost them uh, by one damage. That KO'd a character that could have been a, a, a as simple as a Zemo reroll getting a shield somewhere.
3: Yeah, that's that's my thing. Is Valkyrie seems like a glass cannon in my opinion. Is that is yeah. that what she turns
2: out to be? That's that's exactly how she felt. Um, her her dice correction ability is pretty good, uh, and, and she got me a couple damage there. Uh, and, and her throw is not to be underestimated. Being able to throw a size two character off, which most characters are size two, right. um, being able to throw a size two character off of a gamma shelter or whatever the objective point might be, does matter.
3: Yeah, but like I keep on looking at like Zemo, he has that that drive by and that hit and run. Like he can hit you and then get out of dodge. That just feels like that makes him. I don't know. Like it's hard between those two of them. Like it's hard to choose. Like, do you want a glass cannon or do you want something that's going to be more flexible and hold objective?
1: And you get that long move, and he's got more range on his attacks, yeah. and it's just, yeah. I don't know. I I was really high on Valkyrie when she was announced, but I definitely see where at three points there's some better options.
3: Well, going yeah. back, back, going between the two of them, it's such a hard choice. But ah, Zima just seems, I don't know, man, Valkyrie with her two power gain is is rough to to. Yeah. I,
2: to... I took her based on the idea that she had extra power and could probably hit as hard as Zemo. Uh, and the only thing I'm really giving up is that one extra physical defense. Um, it, it's kind of how I looked at it. Um, in hindsight, I, I feel like the value of the reroll, like I, I've stated that from the beginning of the game, um, and where I was trying to play my game. Uh, in, in the article, I also wrote, you know, you, you want to have a couple objectives that you want to play on, right? So if you lose one option, you have the other one. And and the point of the list that I had built was to try and narrow the field uh, and play on a smaller section of the field and make people have to play with me on the inside and see, just try and out-muscle people. Um, and based on that, Zemo gets even better when everybody's in tight quarters. Mm-hmm. Because of the re-roll. Like Valkyrie
3: originally, because of the re-roll. Yeah, Valkyrie would be better, but Zemo has that re-roll, so he's good and then benefits everyone else. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You think about how many times that single reroll becomes an issue over the course of a game. You know, you're rerolling 10 dice over the course of a game. It's yeah. a pretty
2: big deal. And especially when you're trying, like, one gamma shelters, people are stacking up there because they're not wanting to take extra damage on the outside. Um, so now all of a sudden everybody's clustered. Attacks are flying and defense rolls are flying. So there's so many opportunities to get that free extra die roll here and there. Um, so I, I do feel like that kind of lost me the one game. Um, and actually, the game that I lost was to the guy that won the tournament. So, like, I don't, I don't feel bad about that at all. Um, and, and I feel like we play that game nine times out of ten. We're probably going to come up. 50-50. Uh, it, it was a very good game. It was very tight. Uh, I also, I kind of got tilted in the game because of the early turns. Uh, these guys will tell you, like, once die, die rolls start going bad, I kind of get a little scatterbrained and a little frustrated. Just a little um, bit. Yeah, and that happened just right off the get-go in that match. Um, but I was able to stick with it and play through it. And and I had a chance to win it. So, um, But, yeah, I I will say that also this, the other part of that article that I – I'm, I'm excited for it to come out because the game plan that I went into this tournament with was I wanted to play on Gamma Shelters and I wanted to play our Thor beatdown list that we have, which was Thor, Hulk and Captain America. Uh, and the game plan was to eliminate as many decisions as I possibly could uh, and streamline my thought process onto how do I get to this point and how do I make everyone else adjust their game? Uh and, and it worked really well. I was able to play on Gamma all four games. Um even when I lost priority, they my opponent still took red, which was also something that I wrote in the article that I felt that if I lost priority, my opponents was still going to want to pick red. Uh because those tend to be the objectives that people feel have the most impact on the game. Um I played against Herbs three times. Um, Herb scored zero points on me.
3: Zero points
2: in all three games. I gave up my
3: strat. I put it out there for everybody. They just
2: refused to use it. So,
3: what strategy were they using?
2: Um, So they were not running the strategy that Chris was trying to run. Oh, were they Um, running someone else's strategy? uh, I I don't know where they got this the the plan from. Most of them, they all had the plan for the herb to go for the herb. But the problem is, you have to come back through me. And, And by the time and on Gamma Shelters, whoever runs for the herb. Generally, the person that runs for the herb is a little bit softer character. Um, generally, they're not going to be more than six health. And by the time they get back to the middle, they're going to be at five.
3: Yeah, so you basically what you say is your Gamma shelters Shelter just pretty much blows out whatever herb strategy someone has out there. To yeah. With the rings. Yeah, and Thor. And That Thor. also
1: ruins the strategy. Uh, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you Jarvis that math? <laughs> Did not. But I feel about 90% of the time if you Gamma <laughs> launch a Thor... <laughs> At a Zemo or whatever is running the flag a black widow or whatever they're just gonna eat it <laughs> and what, if, what if it's hella what if it's hella you still gonna be okay, okay. Yeah, I think Thor would make Hela eat that herb and then, right, right. and then... I just want to make sure we
3: use Jarvis to make sure our math is right, because... Yeah, 90% I mean, of the time. Oh my yeah, because, I mean, I mean, we're not always accurate with our math, no. and, you know, because sometimes, you know, we're just spitballing on it. I and, freely um, admit it. Fr- I, yeah, I admit it, too. My math is not right, but, you know, sometimes... I double-check my math
2: all the time, so... Oh, boy! Gosh. Yeah, so, anyway. Um...
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Uh, uh, anyway. You hear, you hear the gunshots in the background? <laughs>
2: Yeah, cap. Shots fired. Right, hold uh. on, you're,
0: ta- you're talking about a number one Legion player versus a number five Crisis Protocol player. Oh. So, oh, I'll take, I'll take my you. chances.
3: So, you know, oh. thank you, sir. I'll take- I, don't, I don't have to talk smack because my reputation precedes itself.
2: Uh, yeah, all three Legion players know him. Oh, <laughs> the whole, whole
3: Hey, just to let you go.
2: In RVA, we have two top
3: thirty players national, and I huh. and I, I won the prime here. Just so, you, just just letting you know.
2: Oh no, up. I gave you props. I gave you props. I heard yeah, the he, mafia
1: he's... came down here to try to take
3: you out, Mike. Yeah. Came, <laughs> came down. Brooklyn came down. They were coming thick. They were out of shake, state. They wouldn't shake my hand after the round, man. They were so they had to they had to go take a break. Probably cuz you
2: went sleeveless.
1: I was going to say I you need to start getting like some tally marks tattooed on your arm. <laughs> don't don't know, know, right? See when they play
3: it. I intimidated them. That's all it was. Yeah.
2: <laughs> go,
3: going no, to play
2: there. Since this is a crisis protocol podcast,
0: it's not Transformers? No, it's not. Wait, oh, so it's Pokemon. Pokemon.
2: No, we're, we're going to get into Malifo shortly, though. No, but, uh, I quit. Ooh. I'm out. No. <laughs> get out of here. All right. Well, cool. We probably just alienated everybody else that plays any other game other no, than. No, Crystal no, no, no. We can play,
0: we can play Infinity. Infinity is a good game.
2: um So, speaking of Infinity, the top national player for Infinity was in this tournament. Oh, nice. Really? Uh, nice. Yeah. What
3: he was he? also ranked number one in the world
2: last year. Nice. Mm. So Just so y'all there know, was,
3: tabletop games are tabletop games.
2: Yeah, well, and also, like, I, I do want to state that, like, first, hats off to Huzzah for hosting that. They had space for all 22 people to play comfortably. Uh, they ran a great event. Um, they had, yep. they supplied all of the terrain. If you've ever um, been to
3: Huzzah, they have draft beer on tap. It's amazing. They do have draft
2: beer on tap. So that's it, part of the reason why I like that place so much. It, it's amazing. So, now, on top of that, like, the group of players that they have in Nova, to use Mike's word, it's a phenomenal group of players.
0: There it is. There
3: it is. They really are.
2: I took a shot. They really are. They're great guys. Like, we know some of these guys from other games that we played with them. Um, The community was super welcoming. Everybody was super cool. Um, I I had a blast playing with them. I hope to have them come down here to this shop. Um, I I need to avenge my lost. So, yeah, come on down. But, no, and – Back to what I was saying about the strategy, as far as like the Thor, Hulk, and and Cap, um, that that list wants to play in the middle, and it wants to make your opponents cluster, um, because that's where the strength of that list is. Is when you can, when you can focus down two or three characters with Hulk and, and Thor, it gets gross. Um, so, and I guess to give it everybody a little bit of an idea of what this strategy does. The main idea behind this strategy is. Turn one, at some point in that turn, you're gonna launch, Gamma launch Thor straight into their backfield. He's gonna land on the second Gamma marker, and then if anyone has moved at all towards the middle or that objective on their side, they are immediately in charge range of Thor off of his first action with the Gamma throw. So that means Thor turn one can, for Asgard, charge into a guy Beat the crap out of him. If he hits a wild, throw him into his buddy or throw him into a building nearby. Um, Then do it again and stagger that guy from the charge. And then if he's picked up three power, he can throw him again. (laughs) Um, And and in my my round three game, uh, I I think it was my round three game, I actually was able to uh, gamma launch for Asgard Charge into a character, put two damage on him. Pick him up, throw him into his neighbor. Deal two damage to that guy. Hit the other guy again. Uh, I think it was Iron Man. Hit Iron Man again. Daze Iron Man and throw him into Cap and hit him for four. And then pick something up and throw it at Thor. At, at I'm sorry, at Cap and daze him as well. Able to daze two characters off of one and one. Action is is gross.
3: Like just so like if y'all listened to last the last episode, this is where Shuri became a uh, bloody brown smear. Um, but just 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 think about this: if you're playing a 15 point scenario, on 90 um, percent of the time, you have four characters, and Thor is going to come in there and destroy one of them, potentially two. And when that happens, you're down to three characters even if thor dies your entire team turns on and kills thor whatever you're down to three characters fighting a hulk in captain america that's that's not good eyes this this this, co- this combo that that todd's talking about is absolutely disgusting and it's something that if you're not ready for is going to is it, going to wreck your world
1: yeah it's already changed the way that i play uh because i've been carrying around that Wakanda objective for you know a month or two ever since we figured it out and then uh i played into it once today against that thor thing and just got busted up uh i tried two different versions of it i tried a version that was just posted recently using hella and thor where you're dropping off hella on the point to get to the vessel on turn one and he just launched into hella and threw her into thor and did four damage to him and dazed her in one turn and basically killed me um and then we tried it with my strategy, and my carrier was out there on its own, and just got thrown into, and it was over. So that uh, that strategy is already shutting down other pretty tight strategies with just the three character lineup. It's pretty good.
3: All right, so that was the tournament. Let's uh, talk about these new characters. So let's talk
0: about Star Lord. So Chris, Chris, what's his face? What's his character? Anyways, Read him, so. Break him down, Chris. Peter Quill. Well, Peter, Quill. Peter, Quill. Peter Quill. Chris yeah. Pratt. Yeah, Chris, Chris Pratt. Pratt. Chris can talk about Chris Pratt.
1: All right, Star-Lord is the leader of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, comes with a whopping six health for three costs. Medium move, two health. Three, three, and three defense. Pretty solid. Uh, especially high health for a three-cost character. Um, I think part of that is probably just an allocation of points on the character. He only has one superpower in his uh, affiliation. Um, but he does have a couple good attacks. Uh, Element gun is just a four-range, 5 die attack that generates power based on the amount of damage dealt full auto though seems pretty sweet three power four range seven dice if you hit a wild you elemental blast when the attack is resolved for each wild in the attack the defending character gains one of the following special conditions bleed shock slow or stun um so some interesting stuff in there you can pile on some status effects which is interesting makes the as guardian affiliation a little better um if we expect to see a lot of star lord and we probably will since he's a three uh cost uh leader and that team in general seems like it's going to be pretty low point cost so you might be seeing a lot of him um winging it is the affiliation for the guardians once per round at the start of your turn you can choose an ally character discard a team tactic card to use it they gain three tokens after rolling dice for attacks defense or dodges you can discard one to re-roll it to two dice um you can only discard one per roll um I initially was pretty down on this because I tend to focus on using my ability or my uh, team tactics cards whenever possible. You know, if I can use all five in a turn, I'll use all five. Um, Todd brought up something interesting when we were talking about it, though, is, you know, say you're carrying around a card that maybe is not super useful for the situation. Um, just kind of imagine that team tactics card is play this card for free and get three tokens that reroll two dice a shot. I mean, that's not bad.
2: It's not bad if if there was a zero cost card that said play this card, target character gains three tokens. Each of these tokens can be removed to re-roll two attack or defense dice. You'd play it. Yeah, yeah. Attack yeah. Dodge, defense dodge. Dodge. I would yeah. say it's I'll phenomenal. Th- and that, even that is. Damn it's Spider Man's ability. <laughs> but that, that's what I'm saying. Like, if that was well, a team tactics card, you would play it. Absolutely.
1: And I think that's a good way of looking and at it. And now
2: you have five.
1: And I think it also gives you some interesting choices on something like the uh, the worthy 18-point red objective where you have hammers. Maybe you don't have the power to play the cards that you want to play when exactly. you need to play them. But instead, you can give a character three tokens that reroll two dice pop. That's uh, that's pretty decent. Yeah. Um, so my attitude has changed on that a little bit i'll need to see how often i want to use it but i, I don't think it's as bad as at first glance i thought it was yeah so um,
2: so let's extrapolate that a little bit like you talk about like the 18 point objective what if i told you you could have that affiliation at 18 points with seven activations
3: yeah i would say
2: uh, all day long yeah and you can because star lord is three points Um,
1: And then his second uh, Power is plucky attitude When attacking if he rolled no hits he can Reroll all of his current attack dice When defending if he rolled no blocks Specifically the shields He can reroll all of his current defense dice We know how powerful rerolls are Um, I think that as We've all played the game more Those situations that seem rare Where you wouldn't even get a single defense Or hit are actually I wouldn't say common but they're not unheard of (laughs) I was playing a game with a, um, another player's kid today, and he rolled up with Cap on um, Black Widow and dazed her in one shot because I rolled all hits. I mean, stuff like that just happens, and it's weird. Um, so it, it's not a bad ability to have. He doesn't have any other superpowers that are going to make him more interesting or um, give him some more play lines of play. Or options. Oh, he does have one other
2: ability. What's that? Uh, Jim Bear. <sighs> <laughs> you, you you forgot that one. Care to explain Jim Bear to us? Jim Bear, yeah. he gets to hold the Power Stone. Oh, Jim Bear!
3: I thought you said Jim Bear. I was like, no, what the- boy, no. Jim Bear. No, sitting right beside each other, you can't even hear properly.
1: Sorry, that is blocked at the bottom of the card. But he does. Uh, he can hold the what? Power gem? It's a power gem, I think, right?
0: Yeah. yeah it's it's like if you gem. watch How I Met Your Mother, you have the ring bear. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, no and uh, the infinity gem power, during the power phase, his character gains two additional power instead of the normal one for having an infinity gem. So he'll start the turn with three power during the power phase if he is holding that gem.
2: Which means he can just go full auto. True.
1: Start throwing status effects around, which uh, uh, can get pretty can you, brutal. Can you
0: explain why that is for those who don't know how the, the gems work? Why you get three power?
1: Uh, because you gain one automatically. F- an additional one on top of the one you get for the power phase, just by holding a gem. If your character is a gem bearer, the power phase gives you an additional one on top of that,
2: and then the card itself actually generates another one.
3: Yeah, so you get you get a power for the round, you get a power for holding a uh, infinity gem, and then you get a power because the power gem says you get another one on top of that. So you get. A total I mean, it's it. a power
1: gem. It does it, have a lot of power. It
3: does make a little bit of sense, but that's why it's three because because any infinity gem is going to give you an extra power. Period,
2: so yeah. Loki yeah. can hold
3: the Mind Gem and get he gets he generates two power for being an Asgardian and then a third one for having the, the Mind Gem. So pretty spicy. Um, yeah, so and that's, and that's I'm a fan of good.
1: having more utility and having more powers, but the fact that he can just roll out with that gem and full auto someone for seven energy dice at four range is pretty solid. Yeah, what's really, um,
0: really scary is it puts him at a four cost, so he's the same cost as other leaders, but. He has so many things. Like Both of his attacks are energy-based, which is, once again, as we've always said, the worst defense in the game currently. And his rangers are both four. So he has insane range. He can just poke you. And, I mean, sorry, Mike, but Venom is just not going to like seeing Star-Lord on the other end of the table. Um, What I really love about Plucky Attitude, like, at first I wasn't really hot on Star-Lord, and I'm coming around to him. Uh, Plucky Attitude pretty much says... Once again, like, I'm not going to go into the mathematics, but it, it pretty much says you're going to roll some kind of offensive or defensive symbol you want. Because if you... And what's really interesting, I find interesting, is it says when attacking, if this character rolled no hits and it specifically shows the hit symbol, it does not show the wild and it does not show the crit, you have the opportunity and choice to re-roll all of your dice. So you don't get to keep the the successful hits you have to choose hey i have like one wild but no uh explosion symbol so i can reroll everything and same thing with defense if you roll no blocks which is the shield symbol uh, you may choose to reroll all of your dice. So you keep what you have, or you, you're forced to reroll the whole shebang. But what's interesting is when you're rerolling that many dice, on average, you're going to get something successful out of it. So that means Star Lord is just going to be a really, really consistent character. Now, we might be talking about the difference between one damage and two damage, but still, like, I would rather have that one extra damage personally. It's just, it's a better roll. Over the long term, you know, the more attacks you make with Star-Lord, the more consistent you're going to be. And I think that's kind of scary and something people might sleep on because plucky attitude doesn't seem as powerful as it could potentially be. Because if you just don't get anything good and then you re-roll the
3: nuts, like going from nothing to like four or five, it's pretty good. It's very scary. Well, here, here's, here's the thing. like that. This is what, after people are talking about it, you all are talking about it. Let's say you roll your attack. How many, how many, how many, there's a plucky attitude and you do your, you got the power gem, so you got what, how many attacks, is, how many dice is that? I think it's seven. Seven dice? Yeah, full, yeah, full auto, full was, auto seven. was seven. So let's say you roll bad. Here, here we go on with a plucky attitude. So you re-roll your, your attack dice. You get one or two crits. Let's say you get one crit. Okay. You roll that crit in and you get a hit. Who cares? You roll all your dice, including that crit re-roll, the roll in so that's where it gets real good you're not just rolling yeah because you roll your crit in and then oh now i didn't hit any i i I got i didn't get any hits okay i I, thought you said you rolled one hit i'm like oh sorry sorry yeah so you roll so you roll your dice in you got crits and one crit in a wild and then you roll your crit in and you still didn't get a hit so you got two hits out of all those dice but they're a crit in a wild they're not actual hit dice so you re-roll all of them, including that die you rolled in with the crit. That's a pretty good ability.
2: Yeah, no, and that—that's actually—I was going to chime in and say the same thing. The fact that if you hit a crit, that you get to roll in the die, and if you don't get a hit there, then you get to re-roll everything. Like you're—you're you're increasing your your die pool. And you're increasing your opportunity to get hits now with a, an extra reroll on all of those die that missed.
0: Now, you guys, you guys know the uh, the timing a little bit better than I do because I'm more interested in the strategy than the the reroll timing. But if you roll a crit, do you have the option to not roll that die in? So, 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 for example, no. say you have to no. roll it in. Yes. So, it, it, will you explain the timing to me and all the listeners? So, say you roll blank. You roll. You know, uh, you do full auto. You roll six blanks. One crit. Where do you go from there in conjunction with plucky attitude and the critical die roll being, you know, rolled into the pool?
2: All right. So uh, actually, the way this works, when you roll your die, as you said, like so, let's say you roll a couple blanks and a crit, right? Your crit resolves after that roll in. Okay. This this effect right here, his ability doesn't take effect until the modified day, die stage, um, which happens after resolving crits. So if you resolve that crit and you roll a hit, you're going to lose his ability to re-roll the other dice. However, if you roll that crit and he misses, you will have the opportunity to re-roll all of those dice. You do not get to keep hits and pick which die you want to re-roll. You're going to be re-rolling all of them. But you are increasing your odds of getting more hits, especially if you only have that one crit.
1: Yep, you're just adding dice to the pool at that stage, and you get a chance to reroll everything. So right. it goes from a seven die attack
0: to a eight nine atta- die right. attack, which is pretty cool. But also think about it: how many other characters in the game give you the capacity to guarantee something? Like with plucky attitude, you're pretty much going to get a minimum of one. It's going to be very very odd to roll like at at the minimum, he's rolling ten dice because he rolls five dice, he doesn't get any damage, and then he rolls five again. For one of those to not have a damage is very, very
3: low. Exactly. Yeah, he's gonna be one of those he's gonna be a safely consistent character. But he's gonna be one of the characters that you can guarantee that he he's gonna do something. He's not gonna be one of those whoop well, I whiffed this round and nothing happened. It's going to be the only
1: character I can think of that also has the ability to reroll all their attack dice like that is Marvel. Um, with her, and that's with less. one particular attack, right? It's just the one attack,
0: right? He's right, right but she doesn't one. do defense as well, right? Right, right.
1: So it's not it's not exactly the same, but you were saying there were other characters that had that ability. She's one that I can think of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, where you, you have the ability to to roll eight dice in if you're re-rolling everything,
0: yeah. Yeah, Star Lord yeah. feels like a very, uh, I feel like he's worded poorly. Not in terms of like the grammar on his card, but if you haven't played a dice game before or at least a sh- a minis game, you would look at this character and be like, "I don't understand what he's doing. like he's he's not like super clear cut. But the more like we talk about it, and the more we dive into it, it's like he's gonna be super consistent. He's very cheap. He's got six health on the front. I think he has six health on the back. Um, three, three, three defense. So he's got the capacity to reroll offensively and defensively. Hilariously, none of his powers cost any power. The only thing that costs power on him is full auto. So he can get that off pretty consistently. He can also be used as a power battery to help pay for crisis or for the team tactics cards. Uh, There's a lot of really interesting things Star Lord can do, but it's not inherently clear. Kind of like if you look at Hulk, like Hulk will smash. Hulk is built to run in, beat people up, take damage, roll a bunch of dice, and just crush people into the ground. Star Lord is not nearly as clearly written if you just look at his rules and abilities. And I think it's really neat because he's a cheap, super consistent character, and over the course of you know six rounds, uh, that adds up. That actually really matters, and the fact that he's three points and not four points for threat level is is huge. Like that one point can almost be an entire character. And we'll talk about Rocket and Groot here in a little bit, but I, I really think Star-Lord is one of the most interesting characters we've seen because he can just jump into so many different teams and he can do a lot.
2: Well, the other thing that I think he's going to be really good at, like, we've are, like I mentioned briefly just in passing, the, the fact that you can go wide with him as a leader and get into like seven activations at 18 and 20 points. This guy is going to make... Part of a ridiculous Kill box team
0: Oh lord yeah Uh, he's going to make a death star um, team
2: Yeah like where where you just post up On points out and just surround your Opponent and you've got uh, four or Five range four attack range Five attackers just peppering Everybody in the middle Like it, it's gonna be pretty fun. Like it's gonna be pretty gross. Like this guy makes me almost want to play on some of those seventeen point objectives that have like extremist consoles and stuff like that that post up out on the outside and just be like, come at me.
1: Yeah, I've been working on a version of that for the twenty point list that ended up. I played it wrong when I played Tom. got kind of beat up, but I think the, the theory was sound where I was using Winter Soldier and Shuri and Captain Marvel and going all four or five range attacks and trying to play on the outside. Um, and I think adding him and then Rocket, who we'll talk about a little bit later, are going to make that more of a reality,
2: and it's going to be pretty devastating if we pull it off right. When you look at him, Rocket, and Groot, like that's, uh, what is that, eight points? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you, right. add in, you, you add in Winter Soldier, who's what? Three. A range five attack. Um, and that's only uh, 11 points. Yep. What? Yep. yep. Like, that's your four characters right there to make sure you lock in your affiliation and you still have a, a better than almost half of your team points left. Almost half.
1: Mm-hmm. It's pretty scary. And you know, I do want to say that with Plucky Attitude, I'm not sure that it makes him more consistent because. The, it absolutely does. Well, I don't know about consistency is the right word because you have to miss
2: all of your dice, and that's pretty rare. You don't have to miss all of your dice. You can hit wilds and crits. You Eat just to have to just not roll a really hit. I hit. think that that consistency though is not
1: the right word. I think it raises his floor. Oh, it definitely raises his floor. I don't know that it makes him more consistent on average. Though. Uh, I think the chance of you had never had rolling yesterday. a hit, though, I think the chance of you not rolling a hit has got to be pretty high. I, I, or pretty low. I'm sorry. He's a now, top I,
0: character. Like when you roll garbage, he's like, "Cool, just try again."
2: Yeah, like I, that's what. Like I had it happen to me yesterday. Like I, I absolutely had that happen to me. I had it happen on more defense rolls than, than that's where I think he's really going to shine because I think it's more likely that it's going to happen on less die rolls than on your higher attacks. Right. I think the with, with the defense rolls and the dodge rolls in particular, is probably going to be the case. Yeah. And, and I think that's where he's really going to shine with that ability is on the defensive side and on the dodges. Mm-hmm. All right. So
0: unfortunately, Mike had to step out. Uh, so for the rest of the show, it's just going to be the three of us. Uh, but we're going to jump right back in and we're going to talk about uh, I'm going to need some help with this rocket boots. I'm not rocket sure. boots, rocket boots, or is it rocket boots? Like there's a question mark and an exclamation point. So it's kind of like you're questioning your existence loudly. Anyways. Bracket boots. Bracket boots.
2: <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> so I think this card is more fun to say than to play. And uh, it's unaffiliated. It's active. It states an allied character may play this card. The character gains the Flight Innate Superpower this round. At the end of the round, roll one die. If the result is blank, the character gains the stun special condition. If it is a skull, the character gains the stagger and stun special conditions. On any other result, the character may advance short. Uh, I I don't know how I feel about this because on one hand, it costs no power. On the other hand, you could really mess yourself up, which hence is probably why it says Rocket Boots because you're like flying into the wall like face first one mm-hmm. boot works the other one doesn't we've seen that scene in iron man <laughs> yeah right you're just like no <laughs> yeah i just don't know that
1: it's worth the possible repercussions uh stun isn't horrible but it's pretty crappy uh Forget stun,
2: stun. Stagger. stagger stun
1: and stagger oh, no, no thanks um i mean we know there's one skull on a dice there's what two blanks
0: Oh uh, one blank or two blanks on a dice. So you- I believe there are two blanks, but I don't have my dice in front of me. Yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh wait, wait, here we go. The dice sound effect. It's time to quickly check. Two blanks. Alright, cool. Two. So there's um, a, there's a pretty I, decent chance something bad's gonna happen because there's three sides out of eight that could just like
1: Yeah, and hard. and what's That's the benefit like of having plate for a turn? Is to play a drop off maybe? Get on a piece of terrain, but that's not that important. Um, I just don't see the benefit, I guess. It seems really um, risky. Yeah, especially for one of your coveted five team crisis cards. You know, it's just uh, just not enough there for me to want to
2: try to even play it. So, so the, when I first saw this card, I was like, man, this would be awesome if I could play it on my opponent. <laughs> yeah right, right. <laughs> Like and then it said allied character and I was like well so much for that <laughs> <laughs> rocket boots <laughs> roll one die <laughs> so like that was my only hope for this card actually seeing play is like you know what I'm in a real bind right here let me see if I can stun and or stagger <laughs> that guy But no, it's allied character only. You've activated my
0: trap card, reveal Rocket Boots. pretty much.
2: (laughs) Like, that was the only way I was playing this card. Not again. (laughs) And and since that's not viable, I probably won't ever play this card. Atomic
0: Mask Games, please let us play cards on our opponents.
2: (laughs) Yeah, this was almost real good, and then it just wasn't.
0: All right, so let's talk about a card that could be playable, and that is the crew of the Milano. And the Milano is the ship that Star-Lord pilots in the movies. If you haven't seen them, it's on Disney+. Plus. Go see it. It's pretty fun. They have a seven-day trial. We don't really work for them, but it's still fun.
2: Anyways. When's that check coming?
0: Uh, <laughs> an excellent question. I reserve the right to answer in a the four to eight business days. All right. So this is a guardians of the galaxy card. It's active. Any number of allied guardians of the galaxy characters may spend one power to play this card. Each character that spent power removes all special conditions and cannot suffer special conditions this round. So that doesn't, um, I don't know. I guess we haven't seen enough special condition stacking for
1: that to be a huge problem. Assuming we start seeing opposing star Lords on other people's teams that that might become more of an issue. Um, Thor with his charge auto applying stagger is a pretty big deal. Um, right now, I don't know that it's super powerful, but I do see that there are more characters adding status effects just baseline um, than there used to be. You know, like um, Winter Soldier's auto adding bleed on his attack. Zemo's always added bleed. Hella interacts with bleeds. So if you're seeing an opposing Hella on your team, you may want to wipe those before you get a, um, a Reign of Hell on you. Um, but I'm not sure that that's going to make my 10 until I start seeing consistently more status effects coming through. Or your 8, since cards are 8. Yes.
2: Yes. Yes. Sorry, I was thinking about my character lineup. Thank you. Yes, your 10-point character roster? (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, no, I actually think this is really good, Um, and I think the pack that it comes in is the perfect pack for it because I think Star-Lord is going to see play. Um, I agree. I agree. And you already know that I figured out a seven activation list with Thor and Star-Lord. So there's two characters that are doing some gross status effects. Um, And here's the kicker. Both of them guys fly. So you can actually, for Asgard,
0: Mm -hmm. play drop-off.
2: Yes, Star-Lord flies. Oh, okay. Doesn't he fly? Yeah. We, we didn't say he did,
1: so... My fault. Okay, the picture I had of the card did not show the bottom half, which included Gembearer and Flight. That's relevant. But he does, in fact, fly. Okay. Like Valkyrie?
2: Without the need for rocket boots? Boots? <laughs> <laughs> you've activated my trap card. So, so the point of this is you can Thor for Asgard, play drop-off, and take Star-Lord with you. Mm-hmm. So then let's say you've got the power, right? I, I got the power. You play the uh, you you use his three cost attack. We can't use that on a drop off. Oh, you can't. You have to use a base attack. Okay, so I stand corrected. Unless you used, you can't. You can't. Not with a drop off. Um, but Thor, well, you could or somebody. You could have Star Lord drop off Thor, and then you could do that. Yeah, but you don't get a uh, you don't get a status effect from Thor. Thor Thor's That's status effect comes from for Asgard. Yes. So. Either way, there's a bunch of characters that do status effects, and we're getting more of them. Mm -hmm. And now you've got a guy that can put multiple effects on a character at a time if he rolls the way you need him to. Mm -hmm. Um, If you look at the Asgard ability, for one power, you get to remove one status effect. This one, for one power, you get to remove all status effects. And they don't get more for the rest of the round. And they don't get any more. And the Mm -hmm. fact that you could actually just play this card to say, I don't get status effects this round makes it even better than the Asgardian ability, really, if you mm-hmm. want to look at it. Because um, if you expect that they're going to try to give you status effects, you can actually just block that off the get-go. Um, that said, I still don't know if this makes my eight, right? Like, eight cards is really tight. But Dude, I do you're think you're only this, playing five in the game, so. Yeah, I do think this is a good card, I just need to see where everything shakes out as to whether or not it gets played. I was just thinking today about a lineup
1: that was heavy on bleed and then used Hella for Reign of Hell. Could be interesting. Like that that's... card would just wipe it out.
2: <laughs> yeah, that card would just wipe it he out. You'd
1: spend two turns putting bleeds on all their characters and just get them wiped out. Yeah. So
2: I, I, I do see a trend in the game that's giving you the ability to remove status effects without wasting actions. Right. And, and that's looking more and more promising to be able to control some of these bad effects. And and Thor by himself is just putting out staggers every turn. Yeah. Um, So this card, I think, is really good. Yeah, they are adding a lot.
1: Characters seem to be auto-applying status effects more regularly now, where you don't even need to hit the wild or anything like that. They're just putting something on you. So it may be a better
2: card in the future. Yeah. Well, I was, even in my tournament this past weekend... I could have been in base-to-base contact with somebody. And I'm like, yep, for Asgard. We're going to stagger that guy. Yeah, why not? Stagger's brutal. Like, just burn an action straight off. Yeah. Um, but it, it and and so they are impactful, and they, they do cause you to have to play differently or at least waste an action. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and actions are at a prime in this game when you only get two of them. Right.
1: Especially in a lineup like yours where you're running three characters. Yeah. And you're already behind in actions. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think I use Hulk Slam every game, yeah. uh, just staggering people. Uh, staggers and throws, staggers and throws. That's all, that's all I was doing for most of most of the tournament.
0: All right, so moving along, we're going to talk about uh, Vin Diesel's wonderfully uh, barky character, Groot. He, I am Groot. This is a insane character, and I'm really excited to talk about him and Rocket. So 7 health, speed is slow, 3 height. Three threat level so he has three points you've got uh four physical defense two energy defense three mental defense he has a range two five die zero power physical strike same thing as always when you do damage against power equal to damage dealt there is a physical attack i am groot Uh, range two eight dice six power Uh, before damage is dealt this character may throw the target character medium after this attack is resolved the target character gains the stagger special condition so you don't even have to hit them and those two things happen however it does cost six power which is a lot and he has two superpowers these are activated a living plant For two power, remove three damage from this character and Tangling Vines. For two power, choose an enemy character within range three. It gains the root special condition. And just for uh, simplicity's sake, both sides are identical. So he's seven health on the front, seven health on the back. Uh, Nothing changes on any of his stats. So he's 14 health, three points. Uh, He can just sit there and go, cool, for two power, I remove three damage. If he is in an Avengers-affiliated team, he could spend one power and heal three. What do you guys think? I'm really, really hot on Groot. I like this this character a lot. Also, I love the sculpt. It's so pretty.
2: Can can we clarify what uh, Root does for everybody as well? Sure, go for it. Um, Root, the character must spend one
1: power before using an activated or reactive superpower. Oh, that's gross. Um, when I was first reading it, I was like, oh, cool, crowd control. That means they're going to be stuck in place because I've played World of Warcraft for so many years. <laughs> it does not mean that. It means that they have to spend extra power, which is also very good, but not what I thought it was initially. Um, go ahead, Todd.
2: Uh, I just think in a bubble, you look at him by himself, he's okay. Yeah. Uh, he's, a, he's a big health, 14 health, a three-point character who's got some solid effects. Um, that, that big attack is pretty gross when you really look at it. I don't need a wild to throw you or stagger you, I just do it. Um, that seems good. And the fact that Living Plant doesn't take an action, I got six power, I could heal nine.
0: Yeah, it doesn't say once per turn. So, as long as you have right. the power, you could just strip off a booty load of damage. It's ridiculous how Living Plant is just oh, do you have four power? Heal six. Okay, All right. him sit-
2: yeah, him sitting on one of the uh, the Infinity consoles where you he can heal one as well. Oh Yeah, like, like so, like I, you could
1: just heal like no nah, just heal three a turn for yeah. three power. Seems my uh, my first thought with him was that or four. I'm sorry, four a turn. The, my first thought was that I would replace uh, or try to find a way to replace Hulk on my Wakanda lineup with him to go stand on the vessel because he's just super sturdy. I mean, anybody who hits him is going to be healing him essentially. Yeah. Um, and all he has to do is stand there and heal up four every turn. Yeah. Um, outside of that,
2: eh. like yeah, like in hey, a vacuum. Mean? Well, like in a vacuum, looking at him by himself,
1: meh, he's pretty. He's pretty cool. I mean, short move is rough. We all know that. Um, but he's a fifty millimeter base, so he's got a big boy yeah. base.
2: Yeah. So he's going to move medium, roughly, a little bit better yeah. than medium.
1: I don't feel very threatened by him. Even though he has a sword for an arm. Shit. Um, (laughs) It's it's a wooden sword, please. I feel like if he has the power to use Iron Groot, he's probably just going to use it to heal instead. Oh, yeah. Um, The stacking six power on him is going to be difficult, and I don't think he's going to be using any aggressive lineups. I think he's mostly going to be like a point controller slash... Uh,
2: rocket bodyguard tank. Oh, yeah, tank. a rocket bodyguard. Oh, boy, but well, we'll
1: get into why I don't think that that's that
2: good. Well, well why don't we just go ahead and go there now? Man, like, I mean, I, I, I think this guy's pretty straightforward. He's okay by himself. What
0: I he's so good, he could like you said. He, I'm not, I'm he not could, saying he's bad, uh,
2: he could just stand there. All right, and, yeah, active, aggressive.
0: He's not good, no, he's just decent. No, no, no,
2: he, he, he is. He's decent, might would you run him without rocket? Yes. Absolutely, I would.
0: 14. To help. stand there. 14. Okay, uh, you're never going to kill him. He's never going to kill you that's, though. That's either. That's
2: okay. He can sit on that one point objective all day, and I'll okay. just leave him be. <laughs> yeah, but if you give
0: him, say, you run he like, I get six power
2: then. I get to i green. What's what's yeah, that uh,
0: team tactic card where you can hand <laughs>
2: off objectives? Is that a mission objective? Mission of. Ob- Mission objective? Yeah, so
0: you can like have a character run around and pick up a bunch of hammers and then run up me like, "Hey, Groot, here, ha- here, have one." And he's like, "Okay." Oh, really?
2: Well, th- ever how many hammers they have, they better have the power to pay for that card. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm just saying, like, we don't have a sustainable tank. Like, he puts all of the tanks to shame because he can just sit there and you deal you deal damage to him, and he gains power, and he goes, "Cool, he can uh, he can but, unlimited but... <laughs> remove all that damage." Well, almost a tank almost
1: needs to be able to draw threat, right? And he doesn't do anything exactly that pulls that damage to him. right. Yeah, but
0: he can he can root well with rocket. He kind of can. But you can. uh I don't. I just I love his for three points. He is n- probably never going to die. He might get. Damaged. I think that you might have. A- I,
2: I disagree that he's never going to die because he has a two energy defense. And if now if living plant was reactive, sure we could talk about he's never going to die. But he has to be active to use living plan.
0: Okay. But for three points, so, 14 health, you can't even argue that. There's nothing not
2: uh, good. There are objectives
0: in the
1: game that would be valuable to pass off to him. So sure. like the Wakanda route, the um, – oh,
0: I can never cover. remember the
1: name of it. The 20-point
2: uh, the red objective. Oh, that stupid one.
1: That one. Um, and then the 17-point blue. Isn't there one that's like that also?
2: The 17 point There's spider infected. That's no, oh, red. That's red. I thought there was another Origin one. Bombs. Origin bombs. That's it? the center
1: line. Oh, that's one. the center line one. I thought there was another one with a single asset. Maybe it's the scroll one.
2: Oh, yeah. There is a scroll one with a single asset. Yeah, a single asset or something. Yeah.
1: Um. So any single asset one that can be passed off to him would probably be valuable.
2: Yeah, but then you're, but then you're you gotta taking run, cards. Right.
1: Then you got to run it back to him and then get it on it. Yeah. And, well, clearly so this is where you use rocket boots?
0: You just throw it on. <laughs> thrown on Groot, <laughs> and he can get that extra short move. <laughs> I,
2: I I'm rolling my eyes right now because I feel like I win that game.
0: <laughs> Only if you can activate Rocket Boots on me. No, but let,
2: let's talk about where he actually gets good. Okay. Tell us about Rocket Raccoon. Alright, this little... Oh, be... boy! <laughs> um, Rocket Raccoon. Um... His other name is Rocket Raccoon. Just so everyone's clear, not Rocket. Um, his alias is Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, his alias is Rocket Raccoon. Glad we clarified that. So he's not. Uh, he has. Good. He has a whopping three health. This guy <laughs> just stands up all day. He's not even scared. Um, he moves medium. Here's the part I like. He's size one. Yeah. <laughs> but he's also two points. Uh, his his uh, physical and en- energy defense are both two. His mystic is three. All right, so the guy doesn't have huge stats, right? Right, yeah. Like, we, we can all agree on that. He's very small. If you can hit him, it's got, you're going to get it. <laughs> like that, That's just where we're at with this. Um, he's
0: basically a so, He dies when you sneeze at him.
2: Yeah, but l- let's talk about what he's got that's good. <laughs> um, he's got a zero cost, five range, five die attack, and plasma rifle. That's his power generator. And it's energy-based. Mm-hmm. That's that's good. It's, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. Yeah. And then then he's got this stupid four-power Hydron Enforcer attack that does seven die damage at range five um, with a, a wild effect of Vortex. Uh, before damage is dealt, other enemy characters within two of the targeted character suffer one damage and are pushed towards that character short <laughs> talk about messing with your board state Yeah, yeah. it's a
0: little mini black hole the hadron is just redonky it's really good in the comics too
2: it's uh, that's really good i like that one a lot um and then now let's talk about his superpowers oh, he's got some cool powers i love this and i and i'm actually going to jump around on this because i think this is this is really fun um so he's also small in stature which means he always benefits from cover solid now what does um, that
0: mean for those who may not know how cover works in this game
2: so in with cover he's always going to get to turn one of his defense die to a shield um so he's he's going to block something yep he's it, never going to take that full amount of damage yeah and Although that's pretty he'll good we take most of it <laughs> he does only have two dice <laughs> he, he only has two unless it's mystic and then he's got three. Oh, well good so, for you rocket so i mean he's he can he's got some protection Um, And the fact that he can hide behind pretty much anything uh, and and block a line of sight is pretty good. Um, So that small stature and that size one is going to help him see play. Um, And then he's got this other one for three power called booby traps. Um, When an enemy character ends a move within three of this character, this character may use this superpower, roll four dice, and they just suffer damage uh, for each (laughs) what is that each crit and wild that just that you roll in those four so oh damn you got too close take some damage i'm it's gonna run a, away which now which is
1: just a better version of black widow and zemo's cat yes. attack yeah there's no condition they just need to get near you
2: yeah and i like we've read all this stuff so far glass cannon all the way right yeah, right now here, here's like a, almost almost no defensive value in this character at all yeah
0: here's a, and here, then uh here's a question for booby traps does that trigger if you get like thrown or moved by Loki or something or like how what determines uh, enemy character
2: movement? Does, That's a good question. Does it have um, to be I don't controlled? think a throw is a move. Well like yeah, Right. So I, I don't I, think yeah. a throw or, I don't think a throw or a push is a character movement.
1: I don't think so. I think that it has to be a
2: I think it has to be a, a player like controller yeah used movement. So I don't think you could throw Someone into range of him, and then he gets to drop a booby trap on their head.
1: But <laughs> although it, it is possible, and I really like the sound of that, I, yeah. It, and if
2: that is the case, awesome. Let, <laughs> let's have some fun. Um, but then, then here's the really good one because right now we we've, we've stated, dude's a glass cannon; he's gonna die easy. How are you gonna protect him? Uh, glad you asked. Personal bodyguard, zero cost superpower. When this character is the target of an attack, within, and an allied Groot is within one of this character, you can use a superpower, just turn it on. Mm -hmm. Um, Allied Groot becomes the target of the attack, regardless of range and line of sight. Sweet. So now, the way I look at these two guys, is for five points, you have 20 health with a heal, two range five attacks, and if they get up close, you're going to wreck them with Groot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> also, you have the booby traps, too.
2: And, like, just on your way in, take a little bit. Groot's going to wreck you. He's also going to root you. And, and then anything else is still going over to Groot. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Him with Groot together, those guys are going to be gross.
1: I will say what I've been saying since they were released, or the cards were released anyway. I think that they missed an opportunity to have a mechanic that had Rocket Ride Groot, <laughs> so that there was uh, the the bodyguard was just automatic, and there was some other drawback to it. Maybe they move short once or, or short move once. Shorts fine, you know, whatever. Something so that they were stuck together. Because what's going to happen is if Rocket starts to see a lot of play, Venom also starts to see a lot of play, and maybe even Spider Man because they just pull Rocket out of that. And chomp him.
2: Yeah, so that that was where I wanted to go next, was going to be the weakness in the character. Clearly, throws, pushes, pulls, MODOK movement effects, any of these things that can break up the tandem are going to be gross. Mm -hmm. But until they get into range to do those kind of things, this guy is still in range. There's, both there's, of them have to be within three or four. Hey, look at that. Dude. He's both range five.
1: Yeah, and he could potentially – you know it would be funny, actually, is if Venom is clearly moving up to do the pull, right? And then he vortexes someone behind Venom and pulls it back.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like there's, there's other things he can do that, that can keep that from happening or at least slow down that progression. And the, the other thing to remember about these two, they're five points. Mm-hmm. For for as much as he might be a a small damage dealing threat, for you to have to go focus on him with that kind of movement and still have that many points worth of threats on the board, it's gonna be a hard choice to want to go after the little guy.
1: Right. I actually foresee him being used in that kill box type team That's that we were exactly talking about what earlier. I was oh, at and that. I don't even know that I would need to bring him with Groot. Although it's probably a good idea oh, yeah. to no, bring him with, with Groot. <laughs> but I mean, between him and Winter Soldier. You know, on either side of you, you got five range attacks coming at you from both yeah. sides. Um,
2: and, and you know who else puts who else in that lineup? Shuri. Le- Shuri.
1: Yep. And, and like, you're Shuri really can just, just ping pong people around. Also of note is that Shuri can almost kill Rocket Raccoon by herself with two attacks. <laughs> <laughs> like auto one damage. (laughs) You're knocking two-thirds of his health off in one activation. Wouldn't he be able to block
0: it with his cover, though?
1: Uh, Not necessarily, because it auto deals one as long as you're doing one hit.
0: Oh, ooh.
2: Wait, what auto deals one? Sure. sure.
0: No, no, no. no, no she's capped at one.
2: No. If, if, yeah, she's capped at it It's not automatic. Yeah, there's no way that two dice is going to block all her. No,
0: he's a small stature. He's cover.
2: If she only has one hit, his cover absolutely will. Right. She she can't deal any damage to Rocket. All right, so the, so the way cover works with Shuri in this reference, sh- let's say Shuri attacks Rocket. She rolls three hits. Rocket rolls in his two defense. He gets <laughs> one block. He gets to turn one, the other one that's not, unless it's on a skull, he gets to turn that to a defense. She still gets to deal one. Mm-hmm. Now, if she only rolls two hits in that scenario, she deals nothing. Right. Um, because he's you're only counting his actual defense blocks to stop damage. Right. Shuri doesn't actually always deal one. It's pretty regular, though, because all she needs to do is beat you. And- not, not to reference a point we made earlier, but I, I mean, geez, it's just... I don't want to hear it. You don't want to hear it? I don't want to hear sure? it. sure? No, I know what's coming. All
1: right, yeah, so I'm going to leave it that alone. Uh, anyway, Shuri has the ability to kill him. Yes. She has a high probability. And she doesn't kill
2: anybody else. Yeah, she has a high probability of killing him pretty quickly. Yeah. Um,
1: so I'll be interested to see how that works. Um, I, 90% I, of the time, she'll kill him. I think part of the reason I really want Rocket to ride Groot is because I don't want to have to deal with moving two characters. Uh-oh. I just want to move one. Just you know
2: Well that's just lazy yeah, And
1: I also want to magnetize him so he can sit on his shoulder.
2: And you also only want to paint one character. Yeah, I would just paint them as one. You're character. You're
0: still technically yeah. painting two characters even if you're No, I would just connect them together with glue
2: and, and then paint them all
0: brown. brown contrast yeah. <laughs> <Just> camouflage. <laughs> oh, okay. He's in the tree. Seems good. you, you just you <laughs> attach um, the base underneath Groot to give him a little extra height. You're good.
1: Right. I do think that um, Rocket's going to be pretty good though, and especially as a tandem. Um, you know, they're obviously going to be pretty strong together. Uh, I do think that I. I think about using Rocket in different ways than I think a lot of people do, and that I would maybe play him by himself just for the glass cannon, and try to get another three point in there. That's going to also do as much damage as he will, like throw Zemo in there or something like that. And just make a, a an overpowering team rather than have the the tank sitting there with him. Well,
0: that, that's that Death Star list that um, Todd was talking about. The, the kill box Death Star. It all comes from Warhammer, but essentially you bring i mean i guess death star and Killbox are a little different but the, the same premise applies is you want this team where you just pump out insane amounts of dice when you attack and the odds of you doing more than average damage is higher so that means if two of your characters attack one of your opponents they will most likely get dazed very quickly as opposed to usually it might take um multiple characters or multiple attacks from a single character. So like rocket just has, he has the damage output. He has the range, even though his health stats are terrible. He, if, if you see a team where your opponent's best attack is range four, rocket can easily kite you because he'll just shoot you and then move medium and you can't, you can't get him. He's out of your range. So it's a gross character. Like, of course, if you see characters that can move and shoot, within the range of your move and shoot, then you have to figure a way out to deal with that, which is probably why rocket and Groot will always be in your 10, even though you may only play one in a given uh, matchup, you want that opportunity because if you encounter, you know, say we get a, a, a long range mover with a range five attack, rocket cannot outmaneuver and kite that character. So he's got to find a way to uh, sponge that damage onto something else, which would be Groot. But rocket is insane. Like I, I was going to buy Rocket and Groot anyways because when I saw the sculpt announced, I think it was at Gen Con last year, it was one of the most beautiful sculpts they've had. And the fact that the characters are not only thematic but powerful makes me even happier that I'm not just buying them for the sculpt alone.
2: I, I will say that I will probably never run them individually. Um, I, I, like the team that we were talking about earlier where we were theorycrafting in this kill box team, like they are designed for that. And, and if you look at the value that you get out of that five points <laughs> um, the value that you get out of that th- five points now now thor is an amazing character right at five points he's, thor has a total of 14 health. he's not that good these two together have a total of 14 uh, of 20 health with a five range attack with a gross five range attack with an up close attack Healing. with a heal Tra- uh, and with the ability to redirect damage And to deal damage before you come into me. Yeah, out-of-turn damage is huge. Like, that's kind of one of those things we were talking about is the strength of Winter Soldier that we kind of let go when we first initially saw them. But out-of-turn damage is amazing. You
0: know what's even scarier? This five-point character can cap points because there's two of them, whereas your Hulk is only one. So not only can they heal the damage, but you have to commit five points of your character plus whatever else you have. So they are just value on value. It's it's just right. crazy.
2: And, and it's divided into two activations. Yep, which is important um, too. Yeah, so again, that's one of the things that you like to have is those cheap character activations that give you extra rounds and a turn, right? Or extra turns and a round. Uh, to get ahead on objective points. Absolutely. These guys are designed to do that. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing team because you can use them for control.
0: You can use them for aggro. You can use them for long-range combat, short-range combat. You can force people onto points they don't want to be on because you can put Rocket and Groot on the middle, and they're like, well, if I shoot Rocket, it goes to Groot, then Groot heals. If I shoot Groot, Groot heals. Uh, And
2: Rocket's still there dealing damage. Yeah,
0: it's it's a conundrum that it's it's a catch twenty two. You really aren't in a great place. However, if you throw Groot into Rocket, it's going to be a bad time.
2: Oh yeah. You only got one brace for impact. One of the well, that's when you just pull out deadly duo. On one them, of the
0: more ironic situations yet. where Groot is actually Rocket's <laughs> greatest counterplay.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, so that's that's where it can get real bad because because <laughs> one Groot can kill a Rocket. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they realized but, that was in but, the tree. They've thrown the
2: tree. Oh, but, no. <laughs> and the funny part about that is Groot can heal through a rocket. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> Just straight up heals right through him. Didn't even notice it. So, so what's
0: up what's up with the tactic cards Alright, so my favorite one, I, I think this card is nutty, and it's called We are Groot. It is unaffiliated, which is pretty good. Active. Groot may spend three power to play this card. Okay. Groot and allied characters within range four of him remove two damage. Here's, here's, here's where the card gets spicy. If you only use it for Groot, you done goofed. Don't do that. If you, you, because Groot can spend two to heal three and this is spending three to heal two. So never, you don't want to do that. If you spend this to heal Groot and someone else, that is okay. It's not good. If you do this to heal Groot and two or more characters, you are value town city. Because at that point, you're paying one power to heal two. Basically, the way it works like this, Groot spends three to play the card. So if you spend it to heal Groot by himself, you heal three damage for two, for. I'm sorry, two damage for three power. If you use it for Groot and another character, you're paying one and a half power for for two damage. If you spend it for three, for like Groot and two characters, now you're spending one power for two damage. And then if you go above that to like Groot and three characters, you're just on like insane value tail. And range four, if you're playing like a backfield Groot with Rocket. It is not unfair to think he can hit most of your team. If you run Groot up into the middle and he's sitting on a control point and then you play We Are Groot, you can probably hit your whole team. And at the points we're talking, you're probably looking at a team of five or six characters. Like the value of this card can become insanely powerful. And what's even scarier is being able to heal someone out of their activation is gross because someone might think, okay, they've got one health. I'm going to kill them. Uh, we are Groot. Wait, what? Yeah, you they're out of range now, so have fun with that. And you're like,
2: uh... well, and I think the other play with this is there's also objectives that I like to play, like gamma shelters, where at the end of the turn, people take one. Yep, uh, to daze. Um, and, and just this weekend, I set that up on two or three characters where I threw them out of gamma shelter range after their activation to, to daze them before the end of the turn, thinking that I could cap them next turn. We are Groot. Um, this card right here wrecks that entire game plan. Um, and, and you're right, I think I think the way your math is gonna sound to people is gonna be a little wonky, but you're absolutely right. The value in this is getting it off above curve, right? So two of so you, you, you Yeah, what you, want, you want at least two people, because at that point it's cheaper than patch up and you're healing damage from multiple targets. Right. Um, th- like that's the important thing to realize here. Um, if you're healing Groot and one other person, It's bad. The cost value in this is above patch up immediately. If you're hitting a third person in this. Nuts. Yeah. I mean, and so I guess the best way to do the math on that is if we, if we take patch up as a card that we take in our hand all the time, one power equals one health, right? Mm -hmm. Like that, that's kind of the basic math that we've done based on the way patch up works. Um, This card is saying that one power is not one health. Um, One power could be two health. And one power could be two health across three characters.
0: It could be half a power Um,
2: is two health. It could be half a power. It could exponentially increase based on the number of activations and how many of those players are inside of range four. Right, yeah. Um, so, So this card, the more targets it hits, the more valuable it gets. Um, yeah, the fact that the if I'm running
0: is nuts. If it was range yeah, three, it'd be it'd be worthless.
2: Yeah, I, I think this card right here will see play, especially in a uh, guardians list. I think it makes sense. Well, in a kill uh, box you, list, clearly. Well, the problem with the kill box list is now that you're not going to be set up in an area where you're going to hit multiple targets. I think yeah, with you're going to be spread out. I think I think a kill box is designed to set up on the outside edges, control exterior points, and just will just wreck shop on anything that enters that circle okay so then you're um, i'm
0: thinking of a death star list which in warhammer you just run your big bodies you just run them right down the field and you kill everything sure. so with a with a death star list having groot running down the middle and your entire team right next to him because you, you'd run
2: like i don't think groot runs anywhere sure. I mean,
0: <laughs> well yeah you're you're not wrong but the thing is you could bring him and a Koye, so you just sponge rocket into groot something off like your other kill star into a Koye and then you're like cool we are Groot
2: yeah I'll never do that um, <laughs> that's fine Like that, yeah like that's just not a strategy that I would, I would use with Groot I, I would have Groot sitting outside somewhere with Rocket and then probably have someone posted in front of them uh, and then, I'm, then I know that when I decide to use you know when, when I decide to use that card I'm going to heal for three power I'm going to heal six damage so I'm going to heal two for one um, like that's gonna be my optimal like that's gonna be my baseline effect that I'm going for with that card. And if I get an extra person in there, somebody who's on a, a point that's close by that I can pull in before I use us at the end of the turn and get eight for three, like that's that's where you're like it's just huge value.
0: I, I like this card a lot. This card screams yeah. value town. But I f- what's the other card I think like it's also balanced pretty well. Uh moving on. Yeah. Though. The next card is Deadly Duo. It is unaffiliated, active. During Rocket Raccoon's activation, if he is within range two of an allied Groot, both characters may spend two power each to play this card, so it costs four total power. Rocket Raccoon, Rocket Raccoon may immediately perform up to three plasma rifle attacks, which is the range five, five attack dice, zero power, energy attack. Uh, however, each attack must target... A different enemy character. Uh I'm not as hot on this as we are Groot, but I still think what? I still think it's good because hey, that's r- not
2: sense. What are you talking about? You remember that killbox card? That team we were talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. I This card is killbox.
0: This this card works precisely for your team, and that's where it fits. I don't want to run a killbox team. But paying four for three attacks. During Rocket's activation, on top of the fact that if he's in range to shoot three characters, he can shoot twice with his regular activation. He can get five shots for two power off of Rocket and two power off of Groot. That is insane. That's a lot of shots. Oh,
2: oh yeah. Yeah. And not to mention that that's his uh, his base energy builder mm-hmm. so you get three free attacks with his energy builder make two more of these hydron blasts to make sure you pull them back in like <laughs> yeah you know what i really want to do is i want to play doom prophecy on him before i play Ooh. that oh my god stop. Get out of here! <laughs> oh my god stop <laughs> no. it
0: don't do that i mean
2: it's only two more dice but jesus that's dumb
0: yeah that's seven attacks oh man
2: no that's nine yeah well it'd be seven oh, bases just- no it's not because doom prophecy is physical Oh, it doesn't. It still is too. It doesn't add to his. Oh, air. oh boy! Oh, yeah, See, they knew. It was yeah. Co- they knew. Glad that didn't make it to air without me correcting. They you. knew Chris Whatever.
0: was going to say something, <laughs> and they said, "Wait a minute, we're going to shut that off right here."
2: They saw it before you did. Yeah, yeah. somebody did that in testing. Outsmarted. Yep. Baited and outsmarted. You got your baited son. Yep. Still no play for Doom prophecy. That was a phenomenal. <laughs> I'm trying, man. I'm trying. <laughs>
1: I'm just gonna have to use it on Winter Soldier then. Whatever. Ooh, ooh that's the spot. Oh, that's so good. That's the
0: that's spot. That's gross. Go home. But anyway, Go home, Steve. Uh,
1: five with, uh, Steve. Five attacks with killbot uh, team. Five attacks with uh, rocket in a turn seems pretty good.
2: I mean, I'll do it. You, you do, do it. I'll do it all day. That's
0: at a minimum twenty-five dice being rolled. Yes.
2: And yeah, and and, and it's the weakest defense. And
0: if you have a Zemo hanging out just for kicks and giggles,
2: that's five re rolls. Yes, it is.
0: That's that's a lot of that's a lot of.
2: You did it. You solved it. We won. We broke the game. We did it. All right. That's it, guys. Good night. <laughs> well, that's uh, see y'all at Nova. Also,
1: uh, I think that card is is uh, stupid, and it's gonna get play or maybe not play but i think there's going to be opportunities to use it in every oh, game. You, this guy's playing you it. better yeah.
0: believe i'm playing it at adepticon i'm playing both groot and rocket you, you crazy if and not. you have to say
1: oh my god lasers PPU. Pew pew. <laughs> oh my god i'm charging
0: my lasers yeah or that that's also acceptable lasers. <laughs> charging my
1: lasers. Charging the
0: lasers uh yeah rocket rocket I, i'm i'm very inclined to say that rocket and groot is the second must-buy 2-pack next to Shuri and Okoye because boy howdy do you get value like both the the sculpts are great the cards are great the tactics are great like everything coming out of what we've seen so far is just nuts there isn't anything here that isn't like tier one at best like
1: Rocket should have been able to ride Groot literally unplayable (laughs) (laughs)
2: he's just just mad that they're not all together on one he's got to paint two more he's still six behind <laughs> just, just I haven't even felt Loki and hello, oh,
0: cry me a river.
2: No, but like I, I will say initially when I saw the Guardians like coming, I was like, Meh, yeah, you know, I like was in the same boat. I, I was kind of like, All right, cool. They're like they're putting them out because of the MCU. It's a popular, you know, yeah. it's been a popular film franchise. They're popular characters. They've had a resurgence in the actual Marvel comics. Like, so it makes sense for them to put them out. I'm not super hyped on them. I'll check them out, and then I saw them, and like their thematic design is amazing. They designed these guys very thematically, both for the comics and the movies, and for the game. And they integrated those styles so well together. Um, and they are they're playable. Like that's the other part of it. Right. Not only are they thematic, but they made them thematic and playable in the game. Uh, it, it's easy to. I, I think it's easier to design something closer to the core concept than to make that design and make it playable at the same time. Yeah. And they, they've done a really, really good job with these.
1: I, uh, I tend to not like bound synergy. Like, they're stuck together. They only work together if you play them together kind mm-hmm. of deal versus, like open synergy like with a ricochet blast type of attack yeah. or something like that but i feel like they go together really well i think it was smart that they made Groot's base bigger so that the movement differences aren't going to separate them so much yep. like you're not going to have to whole rocket back just to get Groot next yep. to him um and the fact that they made the bodyguard free you know yeah. if they had put a cost on it at all it would have been way more clumsy and yeah. probably not as good um, so they did a really good job with it. For for having two characters that are meant to be together like that, I think that was probably the
2: best way they could have done it.
0: Yeah, They just got to choose Rocket Boots. To, you can play them on your opponent. That's it. Yeah, That's
2: it. It. and then I'd be totally happy. Like I'd be playing all of this stuff. Rocket Boots? What? what?
0: Not again. <laughs> Please, no.
2: Yeah, but like, um, I, I was going to add something on the back end of that, and I totally lost my train of thought now. Sorry, it was so good that you forgot was, what you were going to say. Wow, that was very eloquent. Rocket
0: Boots?
1: Totally made up for that. Mess up earlier, yeah. Like nobody remembers the one about so Doom long, It was so long ago, nobody knows the, what the happened. The
2: Doom Prophecy mess up, you mean? What?
1: <laughs>
2: I remember. Oh, Pepperidge Farm. It's, it's- remembers. <laughs> Pepperidge Remember? Do you
0: remember Star Wars? <laughs>
2: uh.
0: All right. So the last thing we're gonna do is talk about the affiliations that are available and we are going to count the guardians of the galaxy even though they're not in our hands and it's not officially out we do know what it is and we're going to somewhat theory craft it but uh we're going to Uh, Go through all five affiliation bonuses, talk about what we like, what we don't like, and give them a tier rating, similar to what we did with the previous episode of the character. So right off the bat, let's start with the one everyone's probably thinking about, and that is Avengers. So Captain America provides a really, really, some people argue, broken ability because it doesn't apply every turn. It applies every round. And essentially, the first superpower you use is discounted by one. So... Your characters are going to do things much, much cheaper, uh, as long as they're not within range of Loki, because Loki kind of counters that. But if you don't see Loki on the board, your you know Groot heals for one power instead of two power. Uh, your charge attacks for, what is it, Valkyrie has a charge for two, I believe, so Valkyrie can charge for one. Uh, Vision can throw for one, I believe, because he has a throw for two power. There's there's a lot of places where Captain America's discount for the first superpower is very, very potent because you don't gain a lot of power without taking damage. And so being able to just freely reduce the cost of the things you want to do already is pretty gross. Uh, what do you guys think about this affiliation power?
2: Well, well first, I want to clarify Um Cap actually reduces the cost of the first superpower used by each allied character um, that round. Per, it's per turn as well. Yeah. So first, what I'd like to do <laughs> <laughs> is clarify his power. His superpower, the way it actually reads is the cost, the power cost of the first superpower used by each allied character redu- reduced by one. So Chris, can you give us an example of how you can use that? Yeah, um, this is, <laughs> I mean this is a good one it, it, It's
1: something that could pop up obviously um, Vision has his rapid phase Which lets him switch his phase type When he's targeted by an attack So say somebody's coming at him Killmonger, he's going to punch him in the face So he's like oh shoot I'm going to pay one power To switch to enhanced density So that I'm going to get three extra physical dice Killmonger still is a monster Rolls 11 dice into him Still uh, KOs him Or dazes him, whichever. Hopefully just daze. Um, Winter Soldier's like, oh no, what about my friend Vision? He gets to now pay the one power reduced to play Got Your Back. Both of them get the ability to pay one less on their abilities because Captain America specifically says that each allied character can pay one less down to a minimum of one. So in that, you're getting a a value of two power on two different characters. In one activation right
0: and it's out of turn too it's not
1: and out of turn right and then the same thing applies during the turn too it doesn't matter whose turn it is yours or the opponent's uh your characters get the benefit of that every single turn
0: yeah so i i think the big thing about what makes avengers better than cabal because if you look at them it seems that they're both creating A somewhat of a reduction. So Avengers reduces the cost and the Cabal create power. But the problem is with Cabal, it's based on attacks dealing damage, which may or may not happen. Whereas Avengers are guaranteed and it's every turn, not once around. So you get a lot more value out of Captain America over the long run because it's guaranteed. So uh, I think this is the best like tier one uh affiliation in the game right now
1: and i remember saying when the captain america first came out that he was pretty weak i think i called him like our beleaguered, you know tread tread down captain america with this crummy power because we just didn't have any great abilities to discount all the time with him in the original avengers lineup but now that like thor has come out vision has come out winter
2: soldier winter soldier um there's just like there's just so many characters now that he actually works really well with, and right. that line up in his affiliation, or can line up in his affiliation. Yep. He, there's there's a lot more powers
1: available to be discounted that are impactful on the game. And so he's gone from being kind of the bottom of the barrel, especially when he was just comparing Cabal to Avengers. Yeah. He's now taking a step up. And I think that's pretty cool to see how the game has changed that way.
0: Yeah, I felt the same way too. Like out of the core set, uh, Cabal was significantly better. And now that we have more toys to play with more characters, uh, Avengers has definitely uh, superseded the, the Cabal. So anyways, talking a little bit about Cabal and Avengers going back and forth, uh, I believe that the next best affiliation is the Cabal, and this comes from the Red Skull, and it states each time an allied uh, character damages an enemy character with an attack, after the attack is resolved, the attacking character gains one power. So this is similar to the inverse of Avengers, although it is mechanically different. Uh, So this makes Shuri a power battery, essentially, because she gets to roll so many dice, and she gets capped at one damage but her ability on her attack gives her a power naturally then if she is a part of the cabal she gets a second power it's just really really gross um you're going to see things like rocket raccoon rolling all those dice he's probably going to land uh, a hit which means if he's in a cabal uh, a cabal affiliated team he's going to get an additional power so a uh, red skull and the cabal really help uh, aggressive teams that can stick damage onto you score a lot of power red um, winter soldier is not too much different he's rolling a lot of dice basically any character that's rolling a lot of dice and has a high odd of getting something to stick onto the opponent is going to generate extra power which means being able to do more things more consistently or pay the cost of your team tactics card so i think this is probably the the next best. Affiliation, because anything that can reduce the cost of power or create power just by playing the game is a very potent.
1: I think it's interesting um, when I think about it in terms of where our store is at here, that Cabal feels like it's taken a huge step back because of how good Avengers has gotten, but Cabal is still doing the same thing and being able to generate an extra power from every hit, you know, Attack that hits, I should say, is going to be powerful. It lets you play your team tactics cards more regularly. It lets you play those uh, high value damage attacks much more regularly. It lets you. It fuels the superpowers. It's it's generating the ability to do everything in the game more regularly. So it's always going to be really good. Um, but like I said, it's fallen off a little bit here because of how good the Avengers affiliation
2: has gotten. But it's still way up there. I'll argue for me. Um, This one has been surplanted from number two (laughs) by a faction we haven't even played yet.
0: Now, I I really want Um, to hear why you think this.
2: um, So if if I really sit here and look at Cabal and and the characters who can generate multiple attacks and really benefit from that energy, they don't have as much use for the extra power that they generate other than MODOK, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Like Modoc has a lot of different ways to use that power. Shuri. If we're looking Shuri. at it from a cabal, Shuri doesn't have a lot of ways to use that extra power. Just other than the rerolls, rolls. right? <laughs> the re-rolls. And then it's gotta be within a certain bubble. Like and, and that, and I get that. I know I, I understand what Shuri can do with that power. I love Shuri. R D. Um and R D is great. Sure. Like that that there are these places where it can be used and generally it's used in either giving it to someone else on your team. Or a secondary ability on that character that you're like, oh, oh, boy, I didn't realize I could get to this point already. Yeah, I'm going to use this. Um, and, and those feel like winmores to me. Like, if you've gotten to that point and you're rolling that well and you're able to get that extra energy to do these other abilities with them, those fin- feel like winmores to me than characters that I'm using certain cards with. right? Like, I'm using Cosmic Invigoration on somebody that's a, a heavy hitter like Killmonger. Mm-hmm. Killmonger's probably the best example of a character in Cabal that I want to generate the extra power with to use his other abilities. Um, him and MODOK. Those two. Uh, but MODOK, to me, feels like he's taken a step back, especially with the last releases with Thor and so forth. I feel like Thor is just better in the five-point slot than MODOK. Um, so I, I, I feel like... In my head right now, the Guardian's ability feels a lot better in play than the reps that I've had with Cabal.
1: You haven't played them yet.
2: Right. And I, As I just said, in my head. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I was trying to be the company man and talk up Cabal, but I think Wakanda's second place, and you can all shove it. <laughs> well, because getting rerolls is awesome, and I'll re-roll on your face all day unless I roll a skull, and I don't want to talk about it.
2: Hmm. Well, so, all right, what... Well, that, that's where we're going with our third ranked, right? Like, you, you guys think it's Wakanda. I think Guardians is two and Cabal is three. Yeah. If, if,
0: and Sookie if, thinks Cabal is two. And I, would, I don't know where sorry, he thinks I would Wakanda say is. Uh, Avengers by far is number one. Cabal yep. and then uh, Guardians. I and would say
2: Avengers, Cabal. Or Avengers, I'm sorry, Wakanda and then Cabal. Interesting. And I think it's Avengers. Guardians cabal
0: yeah I think Wakanda is four and I definitely think Asgard is the worst like number
2: five which is interesting like we want to play the Asgardian characters just not with Asgard yeah, no. right
1: um Man, I just think re-rolls are so v- valuable across it's the funny, board. It's funny because, you know, if
2: you discard a card, I can get you six. Well, I don't nothing. want to discard
1: the card because I want to use it to play Assert the Throne and
2: kill two and your dudes. Was, Where you can keep Assert the yeah. Throne and you can, play some, you can discard something See, else.
1: See, I like the fact that... Well, I like, like all my valuable cards that I want to play on turn two? Well, but two. Here's,
0: here's the thing. You, you might be in a situation where you can't use all those cards and the guardians allow you to turn a, a dead resource into a live resource let's say I,
2: let's say I Thor bomb your your killmonger and now Ursa uh, uh, usurp the throne is dead wouldn't you like to be able to discard it to do something sure else with I, th- it?
1: I think that that's a a philosophy thing though like I don't want to go into a game planning for failure right like i don't want to plan contingencies because i'm
0: counting on a character dying so that i I can use the car i love the way you use that word chris like that's exactly like that's how i see it 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 is a philosophy thing like i want to have all the options humanly possible even though i'm not planning for failure if it happens i still can use this thing i couldn't use any other way
1: yeah. Right. There, there is some of that, but like I said, I want to go into every game assuming that things are going to go well and I'm going to oh. have the ability to use
0: <laughs> I assume everything is going to be my, my stuff.
1: I, I, I don't wanna yeah. I don't like things that trigger off of a character dying or being unusable oh, or I'm sorry. you're Right, but to when they invincible. happen to you, you're you're like,
2: God, this card is dead to me. What do I do with it? That's the same reason why I don't play Ultron
1: Because I just don't want to plan for
2: a character. So, to but be you're going play to really play Usurp the Throne because if he dies, it's useful. If who dies? Killmonger. If Killmonger dies, it's useful.
1: No, I'm going to play it because while he is alive, he's going to kill two of your dudes. You think?
2: Yeah. Huh? You want to line it up
1: real quick? <laughs> you're going to
2: just jack,
1: <laughs> you're gonna jack Thor up. I'm just going to I'm just going to jack Killmonger he's and be like, send hey, don't Thor's. Th- oh, back to Asgard. <laughs> I don't think Ooh, so. Spicy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean that's that's the point, right? Oh, and like I get Chris's philosophy, the idea that like. I want to use my cards to their maximum potential, and I'm not bringing a dead card in my five. And and I totally understand that, and I get it. But at the same time, I feel like being able to account for things that you can't control, i.e. dice... Mm-hmm. Um, is very important in a game that relies so much on it, dice, which is <laughs> why I like having rerolls on demand with Wakanda. Sure, but I'd rather have Star Lord
0: because so, he has rerolls and ability. Like his character has a reroll, and he can give anyone else. Re- the crazy thing about winging it, it it's it's there's no range needed, no line of sight needed, no power spent. You just go this character. I pitch this card. They get these tokens. So like,
2: I, I'll add I'll add this to that as well. We, we spent the first part of this podcast, or, or when we talked about I Am Groot, talking about the value of a power to a value of a health, right? Mm-hmm. One power, one health. So if you really look at the Wakanda ability, at best, on a reroll, mm-hmm. you have a 50% chance to deal a damage and get, take a health. Or you have a... What? Um, it's. It, I'm sorry. Is it 50% damage? Is 50% damage size, yeah, right?
0: There's two. Uh, there's one wild, one crit, and two uh, explosions. I believe.
2: Right. So for one power, mm. you've got a 50% chance to take and deal a damage. Right. Mm. If you're rolling it for a defense, I think you have what a 40% chance. It's, it's well because
0: if you have four uh, attacks and you have one skull, two blanks, one one uh, block, right? Is that what it is? It's one yeah. block,
2: and then you have a wild and a yeah, crit. Yeah, so
0: it's three out of eight. So it's less than 50%.
2: So you have a less than 50% chance of getting that health. So at best, when, with that Wakanda ability, you're looking at that being worth half a health. Half, you're looking at it being worth a health, either taking it or blocking damage with it, 50% to maybe 40% of the time. Oh, now now he's thinking. No, I mean, he's the, like, it's it's the same... No, it's not. It's not the same when you can actually play a card that says "pay one, heal one." Uh, well, well,
1: what I mean is Uh-oh. is that the re-roll chance is the same with Wakanda as it is with the reroll tokens that you're giving the Guardians. The difference is that you're not paying. I for.
0: Would, I would also argue, but then, then wait, oh, wait, wait, but, then my, but wait. then
1: my leadership ability lasts the whole game, and your rerolls are finite. You have, but you have six re-rolls. That's six. And powers. I get two at a time. Yeah. but then I'm never also going into a game proactively planning to discard
2: a card. It would only be reactive to. Oh a boy, oh, man!
0: I am one hundred percent ready to discard a card for six re rolls. Are you kidding me?
2: I, 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 well, I agree with you. I'm not taking any card into a game prepared to discard discard it. If there comes a situation where that card's worth more to me as a re-roll yeah. than as playing it, I'm going to take that but 100% you're, you're, of the you're time. You're going
1: into the game taking an affiliation, assuming something's going to go wrong, so you have to pitch a card. No, no, you know no I'm going I'm, into well, a the situation. Value, the value proposition is better for you to pitch the card, and I'm saying that I want to go into a game where I value my card so strongly that I would not want to disagree. So I'm going into I'm, a
0: game, this is my philosophy, and I know Todd's got a different one, but my philosophy is I'm taking five playable cards, Five cards that are usable, five cards that are powerful, but I'm also bringing a redundancy slash contingency plan because it says once per round at the start of your turn. So at any point during my turn, if I'm like, hmm, I could probably get my teeth kicked in or I really need this attack to stick like really, really bad. Like I need this to hit. I can take one of my cards that is not providing me the damage I need or the defense I need and turn it into the offense or defense I need. So it's not about contingency plan. Oh, my guy died. This card is dead. This is about, hey, I'm in a situation where uh, I I can get this full auto attack off. I need three of those damage to stick because I can daze this character. I'm going to use winging it so I can reroll two of my dice and increase the odds of me actually dazing this character before they activate so that I gain an advantage and potentially a foothold on the entire game right now.
1: I guess I just don't see how the two are different enough to make one that much better than the other. <laughs> so I think you have on demand rerolls either way, that- just one cost power, one cost your cards. And I think that I weigh spending the power less than discarding a card that i think are game i don't
0: think either of those perspectives are wrong but i think where i'm coming from comes with experience because the opportunity
2: yeah you don't have enough experience you don't talk i've about. never played this well, game it,
0: the, thing, <laughs> the, the, the thing about wakanda is at no point can i reroll more than a die and i have to have a power and i'm at the mercy of a lot of other things, like I might need that power for something else. I might not even have the power. A lot of there's a lot of variables because you're revolving around a resource that may or may not be available. Whereas with winging it, it's free. It's free all the time. The card is free. The ta- the tokens are free. The reroll is free. I never have to think to myself, "Do I have this power ready in case of X, Y, or Z?" Whereas with Wakanda, if if you if you get sapped. You're dead. You're just done.
1: I think there's there's kind of a fallacy there, too, because what if you go into a game prepared to play your five cards by turn two? You do. Now you can't use his power at all. Are you saving a card so that you can then pitch it to use his ability? No. Of course if, not. If, so there's, right, but
2: if my cards are... Uh, and there are games where i played wakanda where i haven't used that leadership ability as well sure there's games where you're
1: going to go not use star lord no too. no I, i'll always use it 100
2: no i, I so you're going agree. into a game no, 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 you're no. planning to pitch a card i agree with chris there there are definitely games where i can play my hand out turn one turn well not turn one generally by turn two and i've had them happen and i had them happen yesterday um there are definitely games where i can go in and play my hand out quickly but and those situations that that doesn't happen and that card becomes dead. One of the cards that actually became dead to me more than not, especially even yesterday, was field dressing. And that was the card I thought I was going to have the most flexibility with. Mm-hmm. Now, field dressing in a lineup like uh, in a lineup like um, uh, guardians has a solid place, especially when you have a three health character um, like. Field dressing might not feel real bad in that list, mm-hmm. but it also might have times where you're out of position and can't use it or don't have the power for that character that's near him to use it, right? Mm-hmm. So at that point, all of a sudden, field dressing sounds a lot better as 6 rerolls than it does as a dead card in your hand because you can't reach a character. Sure. Um, so those are the kind of cards that I look at that I would actually take in my five that might have some play stipulations that i can't fulfill
1: i just i guess i value the cards so much more than the power that i'm not willing to go into a game ready to discard i have a question them. there are times that it could come up that they're not as useful but i still playing wakanda would get those rerolls all game versus having to you know hope a card is dead to then pitch it or then you know, get into a situation where the value of
2: ditching a card is worth a three. And I, But I've also seen times where the Wakanda ability is a power sink.
1: Mm-hmm. I have a. Where, I mean, there's times where your rerolls are gonna cost you a team crisis card and, and have the same pitfalls as the Wakanda ones. Though,
2: sure, too. but I didn't pay any power for it. And that allows me the ability to actually use some character abilities that no. are printed on the card that I might not have been able to use by spending power to re- give your well, roll or roll. Well, what if you
1: make that value judgment with a card that you could have used, but you decided the rerolls were better, and then you still roll skulls on all those rerolls.
2: Well, I mean, that's the chance you take it with a die roll. Right,
1: it goes both ways. I right, think, absolutely, I totally agree. I think that they're they're similar, but not enough to make one way better. And I prefer to have the power cost ones that last me the entire game then have to pitch a card and then have a limited number of
2: regards. I think it's a super awesome argument, and I can't wait to actually get them on the board and we yeah. can play Wakanda against Guardians and just see how it well, because I plays. could have a
1: game like I did against you last weekend where I rolled one to three skulls in every roll, and it doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> and and I hope that happens to you every <laughs> game. <right?
0: laughs> I, have, I have a plucky <laughs> question for you guys. Uh, do Infinity Gems count as Team Tactic cards?
2: No. They count as part of your roster. Yeah, I think the cards are just there to
1: signify them being in your roster.
2: Yep. Okay. Yeah, they count as your roster spots. So like if you want to take the infinity gems, you have to actually take them in your roster spots, not in your two cards. Right. Sure,
0: but I mean, is it not like I guess what I'm saying no, is
2: No, you can't discard no, you can't discard those. For, there, there's no way, oh, in, boy. way that happened. No, they just kind of sit on the edge of the board with your
0: life. I, yeah. I don't know. You, you might be able to like late game be like, okay, I'm getting rid of the power gem from my winging <laughs> it.
1: Well, then you would be carrying six to seven team well, tactics I, cards, and you, you know, know what? Have, I'm going to start running two <laughs> oh, points in my life. I mean, if you pitch for a yeah, record. I was going to say if you can run seventeen tactics cards, sure, I'll go play. Yeah, Lord. That sounds good. I'm, I'm just saying, it's
0: it's a spicy question. I didn't think it'd be legal.
2: But but I think we all agree that Asgard is by far the weakest leadership affiliation ability. Out of all yeah, of them, right? Yeah,
0: pretty much. Yeah,
1: just there's not enough status effects to make it worth it right now. Also, uh, do you really feel like I, I don't agree
2: with that so much? Like that statement, I don't agree with. Not right no. now, it's, it's the and one I, for
0: one. I don't like. I wish it was one for it's two. It's the one for one. One for
2: two would be so like good. the crew of the Milano is so much better than that ability because yeah. of the fact that you remove all status effects and you can't get any Yeah, more. that's like hate. like crew of the Milano is better than their entire yeah, affiliation. it's like, are you
0: in this Guardian? Me? Yeah, nobody cares. We're the crew of the Milano.
1: <laughs> I don't think I've ever had more than two status effects on my entire team, and maybe that's just because I haven't played recently. Yeah. I mean,
0: like, maybe but... AMG is going to have a lot of status effects with, like, you know, the new stuff coming out, like, uh, like Proxima and um, all the new Guardian stuff. But, I mean... It...
2: Well, we're starting to see it already. We're, we're starting... Like, you, you've yeah. got the... You, you've got more of it with the Asgardians. You have bleeds and staggers that are coming out of everywhere. Yeah, hella has got a bleed. Winter Soldier got an auto Fruit bleed. Uh,
1: hella has an ability that controls how many dice you can roll if you have bleeds on you. Star-Lord's coming out with the ability to apply multiple status effects. Or has an auto slow, stagger.
2: Slow come at, coming slow, out with the ice root. Like With the Asgardians, there were a lot of status effects that have hit the board that if you weren't prepared for it or if you, or if you haven't been hit by it yet you're like oh man that's a lot worse than i thought it was yeah. like that ice beam from loki is is not a joke i told like, you I, I move slow yeah like that's that can be kind of gross in certain well, situations well and you
1: see how we've already sort of discounted characters that move slow to begin with yeah so it it really is a factor.
0: I told you Loki Loki's ice beam is legitimately nasty.
2: I mean it's a beam so by its nature it's pretty good. Um, but Loki himself I still don't feel as above tier 2
0: That's I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying like the beam the beam is good, but the reality is like Asgard could have said heal 2 for 1 or remove all status effects and you can't gain any more status effects for the end of the turn? And neither of those statements is actually in the game. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's a flexible affiliation bonus. But then we have the problem where all the Asgardians cost a lot of points. And like you said, you have to stick three of them in your team. And at that point, you're just kind of stuck with shards of a team left. And it's just not as good, especially with Guardians being so stinking cheap now.
2: Well, and I I think that... AMG is towing a line that, if you're not aware of, is is very clear to see. A power is worth a health. Yeah. Um, and Groot is the character that breaks that mold, yeah. and his card is a card that breaks that mold. Um, but based on where they've gone with the game right now and where they're at with it, a power is worth a health. But a reroll yeah, is not and, worth and a
0: power. It's kind comparatively. of
2: comparatively. That's and for me, that's how I see it. Like, if a power is worth a health. A re-roll for a fifty percent shot at it is not the same value. That might be
1: a playstyle thing too, because I I will gamble. I'll pay that power to try to get interesting. That hit. I don't
0: want to gamble. I want to try and manipulate all the variables in my favor as much as humanly possible.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't. I want. I want to maximize my effort and not gamble. Now
1: I'll do crazy. plays well, yeah. but discarding a card to get re-rolls is inherently doing the same thing
2: but i mean cre- I, i've got a better odd at uh, t- removing a token for two die than for zero than paying
1: one for one i think i think it's wrong to think of discarding a card as costing zero though
0: no depends well, on it, the card it costs zero and, power and it depends
2: on the situation
0: and and it applies to
2: dodge rolls yeah and, and, and i also think you're discount- that helps yeah and i also think you're discounting the idea of I'm taking these cards because this is my game plan. Because that's how you play. Right. You, you you come to the table with a game plan. I want to do X, Y, and Z. And if you... Oh, boy! X, Y, and Z, you you have messed with my game plan, and now I have to counterplay. Like, you don't like those situations. And that's where all of a sudden those crisis cards become less valuable to you is when your plan is thrown off. And guilt. I come into play so with no... Guardians at that point becomes more valuable because now that your plan is off kilter now you have a secondary option I still don't like pl-
1: going in with the uh, strategy of waiting for my plan to fall apart to make that affiliation useful
2: I I understand that and, and and like that and that's that's an argument I think me and you could go back and forth on for another three hours uh, because I, I want to go into a game with a plan that is flexible enough that it can't be disrupted by opponent play mm-hmm um, and and is linear enough that I'm able to pull it off regardless of what they do and mm-hmm. to counter me. Do um, you like to have a game plan where you can have the objective? That's not so much the objective as the board state or where we're playing, but where your objective is to do X to Y, and anything that runs in between that that stops it, that's where the cutoff is for you. No, I just I still win. Uh, No, you don't.
1: Yeah. No. I only lose to bad dice rolls. that's that's, everybody.
0: No, I don't – That's that's all of us, uh, buddy. All right.
2: I mean – I mean, yeah. That's a good point to end the podcast. It's (laughs) just die rolls. (laughs) What can you do? What can you do?
1: (laughs) It's just die rolls. You can't stop me. I I do
2: find it interesting, though,
0: going through this episode specifically. um, It was something I wanted to talk about in a future episode, which we we will. But it's interesting that the game inherently in the dice themselves – are more favorable towards offense than defense and the yes. game
1: and that's a point i made recently yeah. as well and
0: the game inherently does not build uh health into uh, i guess i guess what i'm trying to say is uh the game wants you to roll more dice offensively than defensively the game doesn't want you to heal up as much until we saw brute because initially it was basically one power for one health So the game was a very aggressive game where you want to get in, roll dice because you have a higher chance of dealing damage than they have of deflecting the damage. You want to stick the damage and stun or daze characters as soon as you can and then kill them as soon as you can because if you're constantly on defensive rolls – like if my characters are always rolling offense and your characters are always rolling defense – my numbers are going to stack faster than your numbers are going to stack because your, your offensive rolls, you roll more dice, your defensive rolls, you roll less dice, and then your offensive rolls have a higher probability of hitting as opposed to defense. So the game is all about just rushing down your opponent and healing is so low that it, it, it won't sustain you. Like the game isn't built to have a team comp where you just take a lot of damage and heal it off. And so as we've gone through that, it's just interesting because all of these different play styles matter. Everyone's play style is unique. Everyone's play style is important. How you build your team is important. But if you look at the way the game has been built at its very core foundation, it's about aggro. It's about rolling more offensive dice because those are the higher odds of damage.
2: I don't, I don't know if I agree with that entirely, um, but I, I definitely agree that it's geared more towards aggro on the die. But I, I think the smarter objective players and the people who can learn how to manage board state through aggression have a higher ceiling for their win capacity. No, I
0: completely agree with you. But like, if you look at cover, it's not nearly as good as other games where you actually get big sure. bonuses. This game is like, well, you get like one die. That's not super great. Um, there's There's all kinds of things in this game that, are relative to you want to deal you want to be on offense more than defense you don't want to have a team where you don't attack you just sit and tank that doesn't work right so i find that interesting but for another podcast because uh kind of like chris was saying it's a philosophy kind of thing and i just i just think it's interesting because if you look at multiple games over the history of miniature games some games are built towards Uh, rolling more offense some games are built more towards okay defensive teams are going to be better some games are built around uh you know a a hybrid of both and so uh crisis protocol has a couple of red not red flags but just flags that would indicate that this game is favorable towards certain different means of playing it that doesn't mean you're playing it wrong it just means if you're losing games or you're like why does all this happen so many times so frequently if you haven't looked at the odds of a die rolling offensively or defensively a success, it might start to kind of get the gears turning and going, Oh, I need to be rolling offense and defense. I can't just sit on points and soak damage for the entire game and think I'm going to win. It's, it's just not in your favor.
2: Yep. So I agree, man. So
0: anywho, I, I find it interesting more or less because it's a game structure topic to discuss, not necessarily a stratagem or a tactic, that we're trying to abuse or take advantage of. I I just like game mechanics and game design theory, because that makes me interested in how characters are built, how characters are designed, how characters are played, how team comps work. Um, It's more of one of those auxiliary things that makes games much more interesting to me personally.
1: Yeah, I would like to hear um, from other people on how they kind of view some of those issues because i think that's kind of like a core fundamental way of looking at the game and how yeah. you like to build lineups and stuff but if you say i'm wrong you're banned
0: <laughs> look we're not going to become the <laughs> so the Discord. you're
1: no. banned no, like, no. you're wrong you're wrong, Chris. You're wrong, man. man. Next week you'll be replaced. Blake. Next week man, I'm
0: replaced. We're, we're not the Pokemon <laughs> Twitch chat. We're not. We're not doing that again. No, no. Oh boy. Next, next week we're bringing in Rod Toe.
2: A <laughs> oh, Rod Toe. Oh,
1: Dan. <laughs> we're <know>. we going bring <laughs> <Dan>. him in. <laughs>
2: We, don't oh. know,
1: we didn't bring him on initially because we never know what he's going to say. <laughs> you don't know what that He's a wild card. Be. All right. All right.
2: Well. all right, man. Let's put a bow on this yeah, thing. Yeah, we'll
0: risk it for the biscuit next week. So thank you, everyone, for joining us. It has been a blast. Uh, if you're enjoying the show, please definitely check out our Facebook page and our blog. We're writing articles all the time. Uh, pretty much weekly, we're talking about something, and uh, we're always interested to hear what the community has to say. We're interested in your feedback, uh, comments, anything you want to say because it helps grow the show show and we believe it helps grow the community because if we're all working together that means we're all growing together so we're really excited for adepticon uh, coming up myself and jimmy uh, or justin whichever name he goes by uh, we're going to be there playing the uh, vibranium heist so i'm really excited to get some reps in with Groot and rocket and feel out where they work along with star lord of course and uh just some really cool things that are going to be happening here in the month of march so thank you so much for sticking with us through this episode Uh, it's been a blast and we will see everyone next time